I want to wish you the most merry of all Christmases. Your mom loves you very much. The following program is in no way representative of the high-quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. Hey, is that my kid? Hold on. Two tons garage. <laughs> yes, it's a special edition five count Halloween style. Halloweenies, your favorite Halloweenies are back. Yes, I asked about that because my kid, the new child at my household, sounds like a creaky door all the time while he's sleeping. Wow. Maybe he's a gremlin. He might be. You know what? I've never seen this kid. I'm wondering if it is even exists, well, to be honest with you. He's in the house right now if you want to go. I got business to do, Tom. Just go creep over It's the him. five count Halloween extravaganza. Just be a creep, why don't you? I'm going to try my best. He's huge. Anyway, this is a huge program, and you are a huge dude, and there's a picture of him. Mm, you I, can't see it, gentle listeners, but there he is. I feel like you probably lifted that out of an old frame from... Woolworth or something. No, look, there's him with his pinky out, as I do all the time, and there's my sock feet behind his head. You see that? Sock feet. Yeah. Ton sock feet. I'd recognize those sock feet anywhere. Yeah, you see that? And then there's my daughter having trick-or-treat time with Matrix and Skeletor. This is the part of the program where Ton shows the listeners uh, during a radio show over the radio pictures on his phone. I'm only showing them to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is a very special episode. I have no idea why other than that it is Halloween. Halloweeny? Did you have any Halloweenies? Are you going to have Halloweenies? You never know, Ton. The night is young. I did today. Halloweeny. We had a potluck at work. Oh, I potluck. Not sure where you were going Some with that. Some guy brought in bratwurst. They were good. Cheddar jalapeno. Was it John from New Ulm? No. Could you imagine if I worked with John from New Ulm? <laughs> that would be something. Don, we, I feel like, are known for our Halloween shows here. Obviously, the Arbitron spike that Ton is, he always delivers, especially in the clutch around Halloween. We've really had some pretty wacky stuff go down on Halloween. We got a big show tonight. Yeah. It's a real big one. Got a special guest on the program. Do we really? 
Well, what's the deal? We've got an exclusive interview on tonight no with John Kassir. He's the voice of the Crypt Keeper. Dude, that's ridiculous. You ever seen Tales from the Crypt? Yes, of course I've seen it. Well, Crypt Keeper on the program tonight. That's awesome. Well, you know, it's just uh, one of those things where Ton is always amazing. That's ridiculous, actually. The years go by, and somehow Ton just keeps on delivering. The voice of the Crypt Keeper, dude. Seriously. Also, at this time, I'd like to congratulate Ton. Uh, I'm assuming, single-handedly, once again, has conquered the pledge drive and saved KMSU from certain disaster. That's me, for sure. You did it. You're welcome. You did it, buddy. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> you should all really thank Ton for all his hard work and dedication. Sure. I mean, if you want, you can do that. Hey, uh, if you want to join the show sometime, you could call the Five Count Hotline. You could text it as well. If you're in the dorms, why not give us a call? 507-519-2030. That gets you to your ultimate destination, the Five Count Hotline and Dusty's sweet, sweet voice. 507-519-2030. Thank you so much. You can call that number. You can text that number. It's all good. What do you think we should do tonight, Ton? Maybe some tricks? Maybe some treats? Oh, yeah. It's hard little, to say. A little tricking and a little treating. Dude, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. That is something. Like, if you existed at all, right, through the 80s and 90s, you know. You know Tales from the Crypt, right? You it, just do. It's kind of like our generation's Twilight Zone. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Definitely. What was that? But more creepy. It's just uh, just garage things. Don't your, worry about this. Does your garage always sound like this? Well, just don't look in that chest over there. I didn't know what I was signing up for here, Ton. <laughs> don't look in my toolbox either. It's hard not to. Anyway, um, so like Nikki, I'm looking in your direction. Nikki knows the Crypt Keeper. You know what I'm saying? Right? She knows that Crypt Keeper. Twitter Lori, she knows who that is. Don't you think? I would imagine so. Some young person, like in their 20s, has no clue. Yeah, but they don't listen to this show. Isn't that funny? When we started out, basically the entire makeup of our audience was like 13. Yeah. 14-year-old boys. Teenagers. <laughs> and now it's like what? Mid-40s probably is the median age. It's fine. What happened here? We skipped the entire uh, 18 to 39 demographic. Well, those people are like partying. You think so? A lot. Yeah. You know, Eating out, going to bars and stuff. I feel like this could be a great soundtrack for a, some sort of party. Spooktacular. It probably could. Why isn't it? Well, you never know. Maybe it is. Dude, you don't know. Maybe down there in Austin, somebody's still like, oh, damn, it's Halloween. We got to turn the five count on. You never know. Yeah, you're right. Vomix is probably out there listening. He could be. Could you imagine spending a Halloween with Vomix? Wow. Um, I feel like I have done that I before. I feel like you did it, too. Now oh. I'm spending Halloween with you. Well, tomorrow technically is Halloween, but when it falls on a weekend, it's kind of like all weekend, isn't it? Sure. Like Friday through Sunday night? Yeah. Yeah, man. What do you think about this business where all these parent groups are up in arms about how Halloween should just be like the last Saturday of October? 
because kids got to go to school. How do you feel about that? Like trick-or-treating on October 27th, hypothetically. Does that piss you right off? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly. I'm not sure how I feel about that, I guess. Because, I mean, what's the real... What's the real significance of it being on the 31st? I don't know. Same reason you have a faction of people who would probably get upset about celebrating Christmas on the 27th. Like, it's not Christmas. 27th is not Christmas, damn it. (laughs) Yeah, they would. Jesus was born on the 25th, and that's when we'll celebrate. Yeah. And then you say, well, I I think some pope made that up. He was actually, like, born in June. (laughs) And then you say, that's besides the point. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, so there's arguments both ways, then, is what you're saying. I don't know what I'm saying, Ton. I just hear a lot of uh, moaning and chains and getting a little freaked off. Yeah, I got it. So I have to be honest with you. Um, I don't think I would be that rattled if we kept rattled. it the way it's been, or <laughs> chain humor. <laughs> yes, or if we changed it to something like that. I don't think I would be that offended, quite honestly. But chain um, it. But I'm not. Chain gonna- humor. <laughs> But I would not, I, even even in this scenario, if my kid had to go to school bright and early on Monday, I wouldn't I wouldn't be that pissed. I wouldn't be like, no way, you're not trick-or-treating. I'd still go out and have a nice time. And I'd still give out candy late. It's fine. That's fine. It's one night. It's one night out of the year. Just hey, relax. You don't right? got to get hot about it. I'm just, again, hypothetically asking you some questions about yeah. things that I overheard. Uh-huh. I could give a rip. I feel like it's just one night, dude. Just just let loose. You know what I mean? Yeah, what's just your problem? Loosen the girder belt just slightly for one freaking night. You know what I'm saying? It's one freaking night. One night. Put a bed sheet over your head and just have some good times, why don't you? Ton, I think we'll have some good times tonight. I'm ready. John Kassir, the Crypt Keeper's on the show. Ton's here. He's the punniest man I know. <laughs> just randomly tonight on accident. He didn't bring out any candy, but uh, that's Crypt Keeper. I could bring you some candy, dude. I could get candy real quick. Is it good candy, or is it like the weird stuff where it's it's got no gluten in it, and you try to convince everyone that it tastes just as good as the regular stuff, but it really doesn't? No, I don't have any of that stuff. Okay. What what are you trying to say? Maybe you don't deserve my candy, then. (laughs) What kind of candy are we talking Dude, the standards, the staples. What are you saying to me right like now? Like what, score bars? No, like Reese's, like Kit Kats, all that stuff. Rolos. I thought you were allergic to fun. That's why I was asking. No, of course that's not the real case. Come on now. Sorry. I love Kit Kats. I can't eat them anymore, but that doesn't mean I'd ban them from my house. A I've... kid can have a Kit Kat. It's fine. You could have a Kit Kat. We got Witch's Brew Kit Kats. What's that mean? I don't know. It's like a green Kit Kat. I have no idea what it tastes like. It's not one of those wacky wasabi Japanese jobbies, is it? No, my daughter eats it, says it's good. Don't be a wuss. Going to try real hard not to be one tonight because <laughs> it's Halloween. Let's hear some songs, like some real spooky, scary songs. That'll Let's do it. Make you probably hide under the bed. I'm so excited for that. Then we'll come back and Don will be extra scary hella scary 
My name is Boris, and back in 62, the Crypt Kickers and I brought the Monster Mash to you. But now it's a different bag, and mashing is a drag. When the lights grow dim, we now do the Monster Swim. All you would-be monsters, come on in. Boris is going to show you how to Monster Swim. Something like the zombie, but not so slow. A lot like the grave digger, but not so low. We can't do the monkey or even the dog, cause they've both been eaten by the blob. We do the swim. It's a poolside smash. The monster swim. It's bigger than the man. Swimming under the full moon The werewolf and the creature from the black lagoon Dracula, what do you think of my new smash? Whatever happened to the monster mash? It's a poolside smash It's bigger than the mash Vampire flying in out of the night Even the beetles are shaking their domes Dancing to the swim band of the rolling bones It's a poolside smash It's bigger than the mash Greetings, headbangers. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. And if you and your friends find it all too repulsive, too disgusting, and totally gross, I'll be very happy. (laughs) So, listen up, creeps. Hit it! Yeah. 
Hi, this is Jeffrey Combs, Dr. Herbert West from Reanimator fame, and you're listening to The Five Counts. I spend half my time signing autographs. Let's face it, creeps. The world worships the ground I rot in. <laughs> Here's our next group. <laughs> Good evening. My name is Bella Boris. Welcome to my house of horrors. Uh, uh, uh. 
horrible, wasn't it? <laughs> Hi, this is Ed Gale, a little person actor in the costume of Chucky in Child's Play, Child's Play 2, and The Bride of Chucky. And you're listening to The Five Count.
Last night, my new ghoul friend said she'd show me hers if I'd show her mine. But just my luck, mine rotted off. <laughs> As we say down at the graveyard, kiddies, dig it! Come on, boys and girls. Come a little closer. I'm the reanimator. Reanimate your feet. Move your dead bones. <laughs> the secret will keep you alive. Yes, dude. Seriously. This is good times. Right here. Is this one of your favorites? Your garage? No. Yeah, it's pretty good. Just Halloween in general. Uh, sort of. Sort of? I mean, it's not my favorite. Christmas. Christmas is my favorite. Yeah. 
Christmas is my favorite. Halloween's okay, except it's Halloween all year round at my house, so sometimes it's like, yeah, Halloween, I know. You get kind of tired when out. When isn't it? Yeah. I could understand that. But I don't feel that way tonight here on the five count. Have you been more excited about Halloween since having a kid? Um, yeah, I guess so. Although my kid doesn't eat most of the candy he gets because he's apparently like too good for it. He's super picky. So it's like uh, you get all this candy and then it sits in a bowl on top of the fridge for four months and then we throw it away. That's all right, though. I mean, that's probably a good problem to have. But it just makes you wonder, why did we even bother going out? Because it's fun. Get to see the decorations. Or you go around with some other parents and they're making you walk all over the hell because they heard a rumor one time that this house three miles over gives full-size candy bars. Oh, boy. And then I say, hey, you're a grown-ass adult. Yeah. Just go buy some candy. Just go buy I'm a I'm going back size. to the car. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> So, do you go in your neighborhood, or are you one of these mall goers? I've never been to the mall. Can you describe the mall for... No. Is it like Dawn of the Dead, or what? I have no idea. I've never gone there either, but that seems to be the new popular thing. Everybody just brings their kid to the mall. I try not to go to the mall for any reason, if I can help it. Yeah. Unless I need to go to the buckle to get some more hair gel. Yeah. But otherwise not doing it. steer clear yeah so yeah i don't go to the mall we go in our actual neighborhood do you go in your actual neighborhood or do you bring bring them to other neighborhoods we go to other neighborhoods because there's no kids in our neighborhood it's all college it's all like uh jerk weeds with their porch lights shut off okay that's kind of a bummer Because when we were kids, we would just go from house to house until we realized that we had walked 27 blocks away from home and we didn't know where the hell we were. Yep. But nowadays, if you walk around, you'll notice like two out of every three houses are completely dark. Yeah. Because it's like, and this was before the virus. Yeah. So who knows what's going on now? They're all probably like shutting the lights off and hiding in the other room case anybody knocks on the door could be i don't know well it was alive and well last year in our neighborhood here it was real it was great people like did the full decorating and everything like had huge statues lots of blow up you know craziness it it was awesome some people some houses went like full crazy huge huge decorations where Sophia didn't even want to go down the street because she saw it from afar. Like, it's 30-foot creeped-out ghost figures and all this stuff. And she's like, I don't want to go down there, Dad. I'm like, let's just go and maybe you'll see that it's okay. No, I'm not going down there. There's a full cemetery just a couple blocks down in the front yard. I noticed the old uh, encrusted egg still stuck to your house from when I threw... I mean, from when I Uh saw some other kids throw eggs at your house last year. (laughs) So it's. I'm hoping we get the same this year. It's alive and well, and that's that's great fun. Um, so yeah, we just stick to our neighborhood. There's plenty right around here, which I'm thankful for. the The weird thing for this year is going to be razor blades. Do we bring the newborn 
out a little bit or does she stay home with the newborn to give out candy? I don't know. In years past, we have like a grandparent come and hand out candy and then we'd take Sophia. Then you get an extra bag. So, But then you hold the bag and yeah. you're like, that's yeah, for the baby. But really, yeah, we all know that ton is back out on the streets. That's what I'm doing, yeah. Oh, yeah. 47-year-old man trick-or-treating. I really wanted to dress you up this year. think you're a little year. old for this, Sonny? No, 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 no. It's for my baby son right there. He's a newborn. Come on. He needs all the oh, snickers he can he get. Does. Yes, he's so cute. And they just dump it in. My one-month-old child really loves... Nut rolls, so if you got any in the back. <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> salted nut rolls. If you got any salted nut rolls and Werther's. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. That's hilarious. Dude, my daughter wanted me to be a vermicious canid this year. And I was like, how the hell am I going to be a vermicious canid? What am I going to do? How am I going to do that? And I was like, what the hell is that even at all? <laughs> but I'll just I'm, nod politely. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh. Hey, cool costume. Yeah. Full disclosure, we just finished reading Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for the fourth time. The full chapter book. She's four years old. We've read that thing like four times. I've read it to her four times. And now for the second time, we're starting the second book, which is Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. And it's nothing like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory at all. And there's vermicious canids in there. And it's it's like an egg on its standing on its pointy side. And it's like, I don't know, a giant mass of muscle, but is also rubbery and can take any shape and can bite your head off from across the room and very dangerous. Ton, I got to be honest. I don't envision you winning too many costume contests with no. that. Imagine a potato that's shaped like an egg and standing on its pointy part with two beady eyeballs. That's what the picture looks like in the book. I'm already shaped like a potato, so that could be a costume maybe yeah. that I should consider. Could be. I think you should. Hey. A ver- vermicious canid. Ton, speaking of fat guys. Yeah. Here's a question for you. I'm ready. What do you call a fat pumpkin? No idea. A plumpkin. A plumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> wow. With witches laughing and wolves howling and cats hissing and tumbleweeds rolling. That was John from New Orleans. Wow. What Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, John, he must really dig that Halloween action. With all that business, witches cackling. Wow. Tumbleweeds re- rolling. Hella scary. They have tumbleweeds in New Ulm? And dead bones. Wow. Dude. Move them. I love it. Can't wait. Halloween, dude. Seriously. Don, I got another question for you. You're not too scared. Not. I'm not scared, dude. I'm ready. It's a five-count mailbag question from Billy Floyd Shouts. Scariest man in Wasika. He is. He really is. What is your five count of scary wrestling characters of all time? Ton? Bet you didn't know it was going to be a pro wrestling question. Had no idea. Um, What was the guy who was like a ripoff of Sub-Zero? Glacier. Gl- <laughs> He's on there. You were scared of Glacier? Dude. 
Did you see his 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 like debut? Did you see that debut video? It was snowing indoors. Yes, dude, creepy. Like at a Marilyn Manson concert. Yeah, saw him putting Glacier on there. Good call. Yeah, dude. What about uh, Papa Shango? Yeah, dude, Papa Shango. Are you kidding me? He lit some dude's boots on fire once. Yeah, yes, he did. Made the Ultimate Warrior puke. Yes, he did, dude. <laughs> Papa Shango for sure. Um. You know, I mean, obviously, you just got to put Undertaker on there because he's one of the greatest of all time. But he never really seemed all that scary to me. I do remember for a short period as a kid, like, trying to kind of believe in the whole thing. Like, no, is he really? Is he a dead guy? Like, what? What is happening? And Son, you like, were 10 years old when he debuted. He's not a dead guy. You were not scared of him, were you? <laughs> no. So, but he seems like he would have to be on the list for whatever reason. What about the missing link? I don't remember that. He had a green face. The missing link. It's kind of scary. I don't remember that. I bet you Floyd Shouts knows. He's probably had many a nightmare about the missing link. He probably did. Wow. I mean, it must be creepy. Do you think Doink the Clown creeped anyone out? Probably some wuss bags. Some wuss kids. Again, that could be Floyd Shouts. I Floyd don't know. Shouts, I didn't know him as a kid. child. Yeah, he could have been scared. I don't know. Is that enough? Did we say enough? We really only said three or four, unless we were putting Doink on there. What about uh, other people? <laughs> Other people can't think of. I any. don't think. I don't think Bray Wyatt is scary at all. What about Luna Vachon? She kind of scared me a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, if you want her on the list, dude, she's on. It's fine. What about Jerry Blackwell? He's on every list, dude. He's scary in a totally different way. Scary, scary, awesome. Yeah, Jerry Blackwell. Also, I think uh, not like in a jump out from behind a tree boo scary but just like in a scary like i don't want to mess with that guy kind of way i would say bad news brown (laughs) that guy was scary yeah dude except especially when he had his big giant jumbo sewer rats (laughs) yeah wow man dude i bet you uh i bet you jake the snake made the list for some kids back in the day I thought you were going to say Kamala. I don't know about that one. (laughs) Fair enough. I always thought that was a little bit goofy, Kamala. Papa Shango was way scarier. I don't know. I think that's a good list right there, dude. What about Goldberg? Dude, he's just awesome. He injures a lot of people. That's kind of scary. That is kind of scary. I don't know. I think the most legit scary guy for me, and also not in a boo, I'm going to work some magic on you type scary, would be like Brock Lesnar. Because he just has that legitimate deal. Since he was heavyweight champ for UFC, it's like a scary, like, holy crap, he could really take someone apart if he wanted to type scary. What about the warlord when he carried around that big uh, w scepter was kind of scary that was kind of goofy is what you mean? <laughs> the warlord dude no super scary 
very scary. Thank you. Whatever happened to Glacier, anyways? Why? I mean, why didn't that take off? What do you think the problem was? Uh, I think they introduced a Mortal Kombat wrestling character in like 1997. Yeah. Which was about five years too late. Yeah. Bummer. That'd be kind of like if you were still trying to do a radio show in 2021. Yeah. Instead of a podcast. Yep. Like, what is? what are you even doing? What are you doing now? Why are you doing that? That's the dilemma that Ton faces. But you figure, because you have the indoor snow and, like, the sweet outfits and all of that business, right, that you think there's no, it's foolproof. There's no way that people won't love it. But then they don't. It sucks. Someday they'll love you, Ton. Someday. You just got to keep at it. Now's the day. Glacier, if you're listening, I love you, man. Wished it would have worked out for you, buddy. Let's get Glacier on the show. Dude, let's get Glacier on the show. I want to hear exactly what he thinks about that whole situation. You know who we have on the show tonight? John Kassir. He's the voice of the Crypt Keeper on Tales from the Crypt. He was also uh, on Tiny Toons. I believe he was the voice of Buster Bunny. That makes sense. I remember him from the Legend of Zelda commercial mm. back in like 1987. Yeah. Yeah, the Crypt Keeper started doing goofy commercials. This was before he was the Crypt Keeper. Oh, really? He was also on Star Search. He told me all about it. Really? He'll tell you all about it. Well, we have an exclusive interview. When are we going to hear it? Probably just do it now. You don't got to get hot about it. Let's do it now. John Kassir on the five count. Yikes. <laughs> We're joined on the phone today by John Kassir. You might know him as the voice of the Crypt Keeper on the show Tales from the Crypt. John, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, my pleasure, Dustin. Thank you. Well, I know October is usually a pretty busy month for you. I'm sure a lot of the conventions probably called off here in the last year or two, but what have you been up to as of late? Are you still keeping busy? I pretty much uh, canceled most of the events, or they canceled most of the events. You know, due to COVID and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, as a result, I've been doing a lot of online uh, stuff for fans and, uh, you know, um, group signings and that type of thing, which is a lot of fun. You know, it was a busy year. It was actually, during the pandemic, was, I worked a lot out of my, my home studio in terms of voiceover work, you know, which was, which was a blessing, of course, um, to be able to do that, uh, did, Flo, uh, you know, um, uh, Flora and Ulysses, which was a big movie for Disney this year. And I played Ulysses, the squirrel and, um, um, <laughs> uh, and that kind of thing. So, you know, um, you know, as far as on camera stuff, it was, it was kind of an impossible thing. But um, to even think about uh, now that I have a bunch of protocols, but it, it would have to be something really worthwhile for me to take that risk. But, you know, it's, it's slowly but surely we'll get back into it. And I, I really look forward to being able to mingle with the fans again in terms of the Tales from the Crypt stuff, um, especially this time of year. It's always fun. But um, other than that, life's been really good. You know, we're, we, my wife and I feel really blessed, you know. Yeah, that's great that uh, things are going well. And, you know, of course, uh, that helps with the voiceover stuff. Um, the pandemic didn't really mess a lot of that up. I'm sure you can still do a lot of that from home. 
Yeah, um, you know, still you know, worked on Dota, which was a series that I've done uh, two two versions of, um, uh, and uh, working with a lot of fun people. We did you know that series and a number of games, and you know I can't mention a lot of those things until they come out because you sign all these NDAs now. Um, I don't, uh, you know. Uh, if I told you, I'd have to come kill you. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's it's been a fun um, work year. Um, obviously, we've had a lot of challenges, uh, you know, all over the world in dealing with it. And, and I, I, I never lose sight of that when it comes to putting myself out there for friends and family and fans. Um, in terms of giving them my time when I can. I mean, there's a lot of things that people, you know, need for escapism just to, you know, to get out of their heads with all this stuff. And um, certainly social media helps with that. I've been doing a lot of cameos, which is a lot of fun. Um, obviously, I'm not going to get rich on those, but, uh, you know, I, I price them for my fans. You know, I don't, there's some people who charge hundreds of dollars for those. And, and I understand why it takes, it takes time and it takes effort. And for me, I have to come up with puns for each and every person and, <laughs> and all that <laughs> stuff. But, um, you know, I make it available for people. I've done everything from announcing people's weddings to, uh, you know, uh, uh, gender reveals to birthdays, to Halloween salutations, to, um, uh, penile surgery, um, that somebody was making an announcement about, or somebody was razzing one of his friends about. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been, you know, it's kind of a crazy thing, but it's fun because, you know, with the show not on the air anymore, it's, it's most of the Crypt Keeper stuff that I do is, is not really challenging. It's really just about, FaceTime and enjoying, you know, going down memory lane with friends or whatever, but, um, and fans, but this, uh, allows me to come up with something unique for each person that, that requests one. So that's been kind of fun. Um, also working on, uh, one called memo, which is a lot of fun, which does a lot of, uh, similar kind of thing. Um, they have their own website. So that's, that's been fun. I'm really enjoying that. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I know, John, you've been um, at it for a long time here. I know you started back uh, doing stand-up. Uh, I wanted to ask you a bit about that. I mean, you were on the scene at a time sure. when, when a lot of the stand-up legends were really on the road. That must have been great to uh, kind of hobnob with some of those guys. Well, let me tell you something. One of my favorite things to do was sit in the audience and work the other comics work. I watched the other comics work. Um, I don't know if you know how I wound up being a stand-up comic, but it wasn't something that I originally aspired to do, although I had dabbled in it a little bit more with um, sketch comedy than stand-up and improv. And um, I was in an off-Broadway show uh, musical about stand-ups called Three Guys Naked from the Waist Down. Um, And of course, the first (laughs) question people always ask, were you? (laughs) Um, We kind of were and kind of weren't. it was a uh, think a musical, uh, think Dream Girls, but with stand up comics. It was a musical about stand up com three stand up comics and their rise into the industry and their rise and fall in the industry and um, starred Scott Bakula and myself and a guy named Jerry Colker who wrote wrote the the, the book and lyrics for the show. Michael Rupert wrote the music who had won a 
Tony Award uh, for um, uh, acting in Sweet Charity and, you know, had done Pippin on Broadway and, and who had, um, was the original uh, lead in, in March of the Falsettos and the really talented, really talented people involved in this, um, in this uh, musical. And it was a big hit off Broadway and people saw me in it. Uh, these people came up to me and they go, Hey, we're from this show called star search. And they go, it was in his first season. They go, you know, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Uh, they go, well, we want you to be on the show. And I'm like, what as a singer? I was like, at the time, Sam Harris was killing it on the show. And I was like, you know, I would, I can sing. I'm in a musical obviously, but I can't, I'm, I'm no Sam Harris. And they're like, no, we want you to come on as a stand up comic. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not really a stand-up comic, right? I'm, you know, it's a part of playing. They go, well, you can win a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, shit. <laughs> uh, where do I sign up? Uh, I'll be working on my act tomorrow. <laughs> uh, you can win a hundred thousand dollars, and I was like, I'll do it. You know, <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, I went on the show and and I pulled everything out of my bag of tricks from my from my street act to, um you know, some of the material that I had written when I was in high school with my buddy Fred, when we used to do the morning announcements and the talent shows. And, you know, I, I had created, you know, I didn't have any jokes, really. It was, I had created this persona of this guy who was addicted to television. And, um, you know, so I was kind of making fun of pop culture through uh, our television references. And, um, you know, I would do like the Wizard of Oz in two and a half minutes, <laughs> that kind of thing. As mayor of the Munchkin City in the county of the Land of Oz, we welcome you most regally. What's them? What's them? That's the castle of the Wicked Witch. Oh, Dorothy's in that awful place. Oh, I hate to think of her in there. Fellas, we've got to get her out. I got a plan how to get in there, and you're going to lead us. I'm, all right, I'm going here for Dorothy. Wicked Witch or no Wicked Witch. God to know God is just one thing I want you fellas to do. What's that? Me out of it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the, that was the stuff that I was doing on the show, and I kept winning and wound up in the, you know, uh, bleeding over to the second season as the as the continuing champion. Um, Brad Garrett was already uh, in the uh, semifinals and won the first season, and I came back as the uh, continuing champion going into the second season. Um, uh, and uh, continued to win and wound up beating Rosie O'Donnell in the semifinals and oh. Sinbad in the finals. <laughs> and the next thing I know, they're like, who are you going to be opening for Tom Jones in Vegas? And, you know, they're patting me. I was like, <laughs> I can't open for Tom Jones in Vegas. And they're like, why not? They go, act. I got no fucking act. How am I going to open for, you know, Tom Jones in Vegas? And they're like, well, you know, uh, you better get your ass into the clubs and work one up. You know, wound up opening for the Temptations and the Four Tops on their TNT tour. And, you know, after a while, of course, everybody wanted, you know, as a Star Search winner, they wanted me to headline. I had to have an hour, an hour and a half material as a headliner. And, um, but truly one of my favorite things to do was sit in the back of the club and watch you know, the Jerry Seinfelds and the, and the, you know, Bill Mars and the, um, uh, Jay Leno's and the, you know, all these people coming up, 
just starting to hit, just starting to make it, you know, Jim Carrey and all these people. And, and uh, so I had a, a free ticket anytime I wanted to sit in the club and, and watch the other comedians work. It was a lot of fun for me. Uh, I never really loved that much doing the road, but I certainly got it, got my taste of it, you know, and <clears throat> did some openings in Vegas and that kind of thing. And, you know, Atlantic city and for some big acts and open for the temptations and the four tops and the TNT tour and Lou Rawls and Bobby Vinton and, uh, Richard Belzer and, you know, a number of different people. And, and, you know, it, it, it led to my television career of, of doing sitcoms and first and 10 on HBO and that kind of thing. But when they asked me to audition for Tales from the Crypt, it was the perfect kind of thing for me because everybody knew I did these voices and these characters. And so it really, it really kind of opened the door for my voiceover career as well. Awesome. Yeah, I think I remember the first time I saw you was in a commercial for The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> That was bizarre because you know, up until then, most video games were like, you know, Space Invaders or Pong or, you know, um, you know, Donkey Kong or Pac-Man. You know, there weren't there weren't these levels of play where you could go into different levels and, you know, move through these uh, these scenarios. And um, The Legend of Zelda was huge in Japan already, and they were just launching it here in the United States. And so, so I hadn't even seen the game yet. And so they showed me the game and then they just had me improvise all morning and it shot, made me look like, uh, you know, the guy in a racer head with my hair sticking straight up and, um, you know, played with the camera and, and did all the, you know, imitated all this, P-hats, you know, um, you know, did all the different characters in the, uh, in the game. And it was a huge commercial. I mean, I'm sure you can probably find it on uh, YouTube. I'm sure it's sure. out there. Just put in uh, John Kassir with uh, Legends of Zelda and it comes up. It's pretty, it's probably not, not very good quality at this point, though it's probably been uh, passed around so many times. But <clears throat> it was, uh, you know, I've had some of the most bizarre things in my career. Uh, I think if, uh, you went through my IMDb, you'd be like, oh, my God, look at the vast, weird, you know, variety of stuff that I've gotten to do. And I uh, worked with some of the giants in the business. Um, speaking of uh, giants, uh, Jack the Giant Slayer was, um, I actually got to play a small head on, on, you know, Bill Nye, the British actor Bill Nye's shoulder you know, for uh, <laughs> Jack the Giant Slayer. And uh, I, my character's name was Smallhead. Um, and he was sub <laughs> a, a bizarre sublingual character. But, um, you know, that starred Bill along with Stanley Tucci and Ewan McGregor and Eddie Marzan and um, all these incredible actors in that show, in that movie. Um, Nicholas Holt played Jack and uh, it was just an amazing uh, opportunity to shoot that in London um, working with uh, you know some of the some of the the beasts in the business <laughs> yeah and you mentioned um, eventually landing the voice of the Crypt Keeper on uh, Tales from the Crypt which uh, obviously that was a lot of people's kind of like Twilight Zone for for my generation 
Did you follow the comics as a kid, or did you kind of just go into that uh, cold? Oh no, I, I, you know, I the fact that I collected those comic books as a kid, I, I wouldn't say I was a collector so much as just that I had some. Um, my grandfather used to have this little bodega type store as a kind of a side business, and when my cousins and I would all go down to his store when we'd all be together in the summer or around Christmas or something um, to visit my my grandparents. We'd, go, we'd all walk down to the store, and of course, my grandfather would be like, he was very old, he'd be like, pick, you know, a magazine from the magazine rack or whatever. And of course, my, my, all my other little male cousins were all trying to get like the girly magazines, Playboy or whatever, from the top rack. And of course, above the top rack was the Tales from the Crypt comic books, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, EC comics. And I loved those, you know, you know, and they were very controversial back then. And, course my mother didn't want me to have them i would hide them in my casper comics and other stuff and um you know so when i went to audition um they had the audition down at kevin yeager's studio where he was working on the puppet and creating the look for the puppet and i was just excited to go down to kevin yeager's studio and see the guy who had created you know who had made chucky and designed freddy krueger and all these other incredible Sure. creatures and monsters and stuff that he had all in his shop. And um, when I saw what the Crypt Keeper looked like, you know, I put, you know, I put all my, my best Crypt Keeper-ish type things in there. I could see some of the other actors who were auditioning, reading the puns and stuff and going, oh my God, this stuff's terrible. They didn't get it, you know. They didn't understand that this is Shakespeare to the Crypt Keeper, you know. <laughs> and I started thinking, you know, Alfred Hitchcock. I remember Alfred Hitchcock saying that puns were some of the highest form of alliteration and, you know, just had a real blast doing it for Kevin. And he was laughing so hard that he got me laughing. And, and that was, you know, that was it. I was like, here the Crypt Keeper was enjoying himself so much. or I was enjoying myself so much doing the Crypt Keeper that it became part of the, the fiber of that character. And he had me doing it for Joel Silver and Richard Donner in their office, like the next day, um, you know, who were, you know, definitely some of the biggest guys in the business. Uh, and at that time, maybe the biggest guys in the business. And, um, you know, they were like, okay, we'll see you on the set. And you're like, okay, that was easy, you know? And, um, but I had already been working for HBO for a number of years and, you know, HBO was, was not in everybody's household at that time. It was, it was one of those up and coming channels that you had to pay extra for. And, but it was quickly becoming more popular. So uh, that's how I got the part. It, you know, it launched an entire voiceover career for me on top of my on-camera work so, uh, and my theater work. So it's been, uh, you know, I've been very, very lucky and very blessed to have had those opportunities to, you know, create that part of my, my craft. Yeah, it's uh, it it's weird to think uh, of that character with a different voice. Uh, you know, obviously you were all in, and you know, as time went on, were you able to have more input in the scripts? You know, as far as the puns and and the crypt keeper stuff. Well, you know, I mean, they had great writers, and whenever whenever they would like pimp out the crypt keeper for some commercial or something like that, if the writing wasn't good, it didn't fit the crypt keeper as well. It was very hard to to deliver it. So we were, I was very lucky to have good writers, but. I used to have to do so much improvising for interviews and stuff as the Crypt Keeper. I mean, I would be on every season that we would launch the show or launch one of the movies or something special on Tales from the Crypt. You know, I'd start drive time 
early morning drive time uh, interviews. Uh, I do, I don't know, 50, 60 of them over two mornings. Um, and they'd start on the East Coast and move their way across the country as it was turning eight o'clock. And, you know, they would want to interview the Crypt Keeper. So I would have to improvise as the Crypt Keeper. And I'd have pages of puns and stuff that they had written and I had written and, you know, and that kind of thing to, to, to pretty much curtail anything that they would ask me. Um, but, you know, after a while, we had so much fun doing it. Um, you know, I was working with Gil Adler, uh, who was the showrunner and, and also uh, head writer, and along with Alan Katz. And, and uh, Kevin Yeager would be in the studio, and we, you know, so that um, we would get the performance that he knew that he could direct with the puppeteers. You know, and I'd be cracking them up doing, you know, the Crypt Keeper doing John Wayne or, or Marlon Brando in Streetcar Named Desire. Stella! You know, doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> and the next thing I know, it's showing up in the scripts. You know, uh, but truly, it, it, it always came down to good writing on their part and, and me building upon that. Now, of course, years and years later, it's all, you know... Um, me trying to remember some of the the Crypt Keeper's best quips and coming up with mine down the road. But, you know, the personality, the, they, the way that they built the, the Crypt Keeper, the Crypt Keeper's personality was off my delivery and off, you know, my, my personality. And they were really good at it, at do, helping me do that or giving me the opportunity to do that. And by, you know, the you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh seasons, you know, they were, they were treating it as though it was giant Kassir doing a stand-up, but it was the Crypt Keeper. So they would have him doing all kinds of crazy stuff or imitating all kinds of, you know, he'd, he'd be doing Howard Stern as a shock jock, you know, that kind of thing. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> and then eventually from there, they started taking advantage of the fact that they did musicals and stuff and started coming up with record albums, you know, the Cryptness album and, you know, the Monsters of Rock and the Crypt Jam and all these other fun things that the Crypt Keeper could do, you know? So it was, it was kind of fun. Then, you know, so uh, I, there was a point early on where, where they were going to try to replace me because I didn't want to do it for scale anymore. I was here, I was ripping my vocal cords out just to show up and do it. And I had tons of scale jobs. So it was, it was kind of like, you know, can you pay me just a little more to work on this? And they're like, ah, we're going to replace you. I was like, you know, and they couldn't, like you said, they couldn't once, we had put that mark on that character. They couldn't really find anybody who could do something that fit, you know, after that. And um, so it was, it was kind of, kind of cool that, uh, you know, was able to put that much of a mark on the character um, and the puppet that, that Kevin had so beautifully designed um, and puppeteers who so were so great at, at making him come to life physically. So, uh, you know, it was a real, you know, when you, when you work on as an actor, uh, you know, in a movie or a really good series like this, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a group effort where it's, this is a, um, you know, uh, it's a collaborative art. And um, so often people forget that and that's where it fall, those things fall short. Um, but this succeeded on every level because it was collaborative in every way it could be. Yeah, and it's definitely, uh, as you mentioned, uh, an iconic character that everyone still remembers uh, real fondly. I think the you mentioned the Christmas album. That was probably my favorite. I don't know why that was greenlit, but uh, definitely great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
You know, it's it's so funny because people are like, why do you like that so much? I was like, you know, because there's something twisted about mixing Christmas with, with horror. You know, Tim Burton's obviously done it. And, you know, Tales from the Crypt did it was all through the house and, and um, in, you know, number of episodes that took place during Christmas and, and that kind of thing. But um, it was just so well done. When I showed up, I was expecting to have some canned music that I could sing to and improvise to and that kind of thing. They had, I think, 17, 16, 17 songs on that album, whatever it was, but uh, I, I can't remember exact number, but there was a lot of songs. And, um, you know, some of it was going to be wrapped in, in, you know, and improvised by me and that kind of thing. When I showed up, they had all the tracks, you know, recorded from a from an actual orchestra and stuff. So they really went out of their way to make something quality. Um, the unfortunate, I mean, fortunately, we sold out every single one that was pressed that first release of the album on Polygoa Records. And um, <laughs> unfortunately, never re-released it because there are people to, to this day that ask me where they can get it. And um, I mean, it's one of those things that if you saw it, at a checkout stand in Starbucks or something, you would def- you'd get like three of them, sell them to, you know, for your friends or whatever. And of course now with everything streaming, you'd, you'd certainly want to download it from everywhere. Um, but it's fun stuff. I had a lot of people tell me, I had a surgeon told me he would around Christmas, he would play it in the, in the uh, OR when he was operating all the time, <laughs> which I just thought was a hoot. Yeah. And I, of course, so that, eventually uh landed the crypt keeper cartoon and i know you did tiny tunes a lot of other cartoons and video games that really oh, seems yeah. to be the new um kind of area that the voiceover artists are, are really kind of cashing in on in the video games yeah i mean you know i you know i mean i remember being asked to bring to life deadpool for the first time um and i was like oh i love that character and i think they thought of me because you know, he, he talks to the camera and he's got a sly sense of humor and, you know, he has, you know, you have to sell some like kind of corny jokes that he loves saying. And they were like, no, let's get, let's get the guy that's the Crypt Keeper. And so, you know, it was, it was fun to originate you know, uh, Deadpool. And I mean, the fun thing about doing voiceover work is I get to play characters I would never get to play on camera. Um, you know, on camera, you're mostly limited by, you know, your age, uh, sex, race, you know, you know, how you look and what, you know, what impression people get of you. Um, you know, uh, as a voiceover artist, I, I can play everything from, you know, male, female, big, small, superhero, don't even have to be human. I play a lot of non-human characters, uh, everything from Mika the raccoon to, you know, uh, Elliot and Pete's dragon to uh, Ulysses. Uh, you know, um, they used to bring me in to do animals on on The Simpsons. Everything from Santa's little helper to, you know, a donkey who was in love with with uh, Homer. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's a no holds barred kind of uh, job. And I love it for that. Yeah. Well, again, it's great that everything's going so well for you, John. And I know you mentioned thank you. You got the the conventions and the cameo and some other things. Is there anything else maybe in the works that we should be looking out for? Well, you know, we always always doing a lot of uh, 
it's funny because especially the the voiceover gigs were really you know they kind of have to sign these non-disclosure agreements like it's always hard to talk about stuff until they come out um some of the biggest projects that are that have been out that were popular this year you know um besides doing stuff like scrooge mcduck uh doing uh uh ulysses and uh working on dota and dota 2 uh, they had a lot of they, the writers loved having horror personalities on the show, and uh, we had everybody from Cassandra Peterson, you know, who we know as Elvira, to um, uh, Andrew Robinson, you know, uh, doing voices with us um, on that, and uh, Ashley Lawrence, you know, I mean, uh, uh, all these different, you know, horror personalities coming on and doing uh, dragons and other kinds of really cool characters. Um, so uh, obviously we'll stay busy and, um, you know, I'm always, pe- uh, people can always follow what I'm doing on Facebook or Twitter all, all under my name uh, and um, Instagram. Although I don't spend a lot of time on Instagram, I do eventually get the stuff. Um, I get a lot of requests you know, to record music with people and to do their, you know, their stories and that kind of thing. Um, you know, I don't, don't own the Crypt Keeper character, so I can't do a lot as the Crypt Keeper um, for, for people, but certainly can entertain as, uh, you know, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper for people and, and enjoy um, that, that part of my career. But there's so many different characters that I've gotten to do over the years. Uh, one of the more popular ones uh, I still find is, is uh, you know, any, everything from Cat Dog to Rocket Power, Ray Rocket on uh, on Rocket Power, the dad on on Rocket Power. Auto, did you do your homework? This is a very popular one. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, it's good to leave behind a legacy of characters. I mean, some people really strive to to make themselves a personality and, for me, it's about bringing to life all these other personalities, and I really enjoy that. John, again, I'm a huge fan of yours, and I met you, I think it's been about 10, 12 years ago at uh, Crypticon in Minneapolis, and I'm glad we finally were, were able to get this uh, get this on tape here. I appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure, Dustin. Thank you. You have a good one. All right. we'll, we'll do this again, I'm sure. Yeah, maybe uh, some Christmas down the road. We'll play that Christmas album for you. Oh, that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. I would love to do that. All right. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, John. I appreciate it. You bet. You bet. Take care. And again, that was John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt. And uh, he's got a lot of stuff coming up. You can also find him on Cameo.
Hey, this is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad, Wolfman Scott Nard, and you're listening to the Five Count. There's a lot more weirdness, depravity, and disgust to come. Like they say, kiddies, the morgue, the merrier. (laughs) But seriously, I feel very close to this next band. They're like my own flesh and blood. If I had flesh and blood. (laughs) Hmm. Flesh and blood. Yum. Sounds delicious. His toes, oh look there, he goes, why miss the ghost is going to town. He takes his cane, his gloves and his hat, and like a cat, he hurries down the alley. The moon is bright, and this is the night when miss the ghost is going to town. Day to do a little stepping, he'll shake his bone. Two hot sacks of foam, cause Mr. Ghost is going to town. 
Confided, I just use the juice from my spleen. <laughs> A werewolf once tore his own hide to find out just what was inside. He ripped and he tore till his hands ran with gore, but before he found out he died. <laughs> monster from Cluer, whose wife was as thin as a skewer. Last night, sad to say, she at last passed away through the bars of a drain down the sewer. <laughs> Water the brains today, Igor. <laughs> a cat in despondency sighed and resolved to commit suicide. He passed under the wheels of eight automobiles, and after the ninth one, he died. <laughs> Oh, 
some reason, these songs are making me feel like a little kid again. Hey, waiter! Bring me another little kid! <laughs> Medium rare this time. It takes a sick and devious disturbed mind to come up with the things I say. <laughs> I'm so blessed! I've got a friend who's big and round And oh so jolly gee whiz Lend me your ear and you will hear Just who this fellow is He's Punky Pumpkin the Happy Pumpkin Happy all the day And his great big smile will scare your cares away Punky Pumpkin the Happy Pumpkin Never wears a frown You can see that he's cut out to be a clown the candlelight inside him makes his eyes light up and gleam. They shine right through the window at you for a hep, hep, happy Halloween. Punky Pumpkin's a happy pumpkin, and do you know why? Cause he's a jack-o'-lantern instead of being a pumpkin pie. Cut out to be a clown The candlelight inside him Makes his eyes light up and gleam They shine right through the window at you For a hap, hap, happy Halloween Punky Pumpkin's a happy pumpkin And do you know why? Cause he's a jack-o'-lantern Instead of being a pumpkin Jason from Friday the 13th, Victor Crowley from the Hatchet Films. You're listening to The Five Count. Keep listening or I'll kill you. Turn blue I got a long 
outside. People ask me, why don't I shoot them? I did shoot them. That's what made them so mad. <laughs> I'd like to now leave you with a few cryptic remarks. Death is nature's way of telling you that you partied too hard. And as we say around the crypt, you're not getting older. You're getting deader. <laughs> Have a nice die. <laughs> Welcome, kiddies. Would you like to dance to death? All you have to do is come to the Crypt Keeper's party. A monster bash, if you will. Come on down!
her nails And make sure you don't step on the cat's tail As the excitement grows more and more Through the night it becomes hardcore So don't miss out cause it's a smash And dance those feet to a burning ash There's no reason for you to scram Cause this is the Crip Jam <laughs> hey Ton, come back in here. Close the door, would you? Oh, no problem. It's time for the hey, five what's count happening? Halloween. It's the five count. That was John Kassir. Wow. Crypt Keeper. Can you imagine it? I can, because it just happened. Can you imagine being that guy back in the day? He said he'd come back on the show sometime around the holidays to That's play awesome. the uh Tales from the Crypt Christmas album. I love that idea. Maybe next year. Love it. Totally on board. Ton, I'm so glad to hear that because it's coming up. I think show number 900 is coming on down the pike. Really? Whatever a pike is. 900? Yeah. Think about that. That's a lot of shows. Don't think about it too long, though, because you'll probably decide to quit. But 900 episodes of this fine program. Wow. That's a lot of episodes. Pretty scary. (laughs) It, (laughs) It is pretty scary. Wow. This bed is music you? is scary. Why are you so nervous? <laughs> wow, man. Wow. Come on, Ton. It's just a show. You've done plenty of these. I have done. What but are you this, so worried about? Well, it's Halloween and it's a special kind of night and you know. Don't wanna don't wanna disappoint. I got a question for you. When did you stop trick or treating? What do you mean? I still do. Like 11th grade? <laughs> um, no. Way before that. Okay. Just asking. Way before that. So did you trick or treat, would you say, maybe like as recent as 10 years ago? <laughs> no. No, definitely not. No. That's, um, that's too bad, son, because this is the part of the program where we go back 10 years in five-count history. I, I, I want to say, just to answer the question, maybe 13 or 14. Years ago? No, when I was 13 or 14. Okay, so no. 40 years ago. No. Gotcha. Anyways, for you uh, keen-eared listeners out there, you might also recognize this bed music as being from what i would consider a halloween type film 10 years ago in five count history yes it's on october 29th 2011 was 10 years ago time flies it really does like a bat or something you were supposed to come up with something there. <laughs> oh yes 
ton. It was me and you and Rascal DNA. Really? This might have been the first time they were on the air with us. Ten years ago. But we had an exclusive interview ten years ago this week with Dennis Dunaway. Oh, yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, bassist for the Alice Cooper Group. Yes. You remember. Back when Alice Cooper was the name of a band and not just a guy. Yeah. Dennis Dunaway. It's really interesting. There's a guy, there's a, a character on a Mickey Mouse cartoon that shows up every once in a while that totally reminds me of Alice Cooper. Pretty crazy. Well, 10 years ago, Ton, we talked with Dennis Dunaway. Quite a gentleman for a shock rocker, if I do remember. Yeah, big time. Really interesting. Uh, those early Alice Cooper albums, I listened to a lot. Yeah. As a ute. And you love them. I would say so. Why are you kicking everything? Just relax. I'm trying to relax. So, would you say that they were scary? Uh, Not especially. Maybe at the time. But I suppose... Maybe more scary for the parents of kids who are listening to them. Yeah. Or just the thought of them was probably scary. Yeah. Like, uh, I will liken it to when I first went to Ozfest and Marilyn Manson was going to play there. Yeah. And they, they being the townspeople of Somerset, Wisconsin, caused such a fervor and an uproar, picketed, that they had to move the show to the Metrodome. And there was people outside there protesting and throwing tiny Bibles at people and all these rumors about how I heard he kills people on stage and sacrifices goats and drinks the blood and there's... Seriously. And I saw it and I was like, even as like a 15-year-old kid, I thought this is kind of just like a big ripoff of Blackie Lawless. (laughs) Like, I'm apparently... These Marilyn Manson fans don't listen to a lot of Wasp. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So it wasn't really that scary. Yeah. But the people outside who had never heard it before really thought it was. Guessing Man. this is the same thing here. Isn't that interesting? Nothing scary about a poor man's Blackie Lawless. No, nothing at all. Not to me, anyway. And didn't he basically run around like with weird like G-string type clothes on pretty much yeah it was just like a skinny pale guy in ripped pantyhose yeah i mean that is kind of scary but not in the way that they probably intended it yeah that's interesting but that has nothing to do with really 10 years ago in five count history back when ton was still trick-or-treating wow crazy what a time thank you Maybe we should come back. Yeah, man. Let's hey, do it. Hey, can you grab the door over there, please? Yes. Man, you got to oil that thing. I really do. Get some WD. I'll give it a little shot after the show here. So what do you feel about that? I mean, isn't that odd how people can't get over that? The whole thing? Like, it's just music. Right? It's just music. So, I mean, it's just... It's satanic. So that they think you're going to end up possessed or something. Like, 
you go to church and there's all these crosses and everyone like feels good. And then when you take that cross and turn it upside down, oh boy. <laughs> Whoa, boy. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I guess, I guess there's like a part where you need to be conscious of, of the message and I can totally understand, um, I can totally understand like you don't like like the whole feeling of oh man you know like what is going on or what makes my my child or whatever want to listen to this type of music like are they are they depressed are they feeling some other way are they not happy about something like I can understand having those feelings and thoughts but then it's also like shouldn't you just talk to them about that and see if like see if maybe they're just going like I just think it's really interesting and wondering what's going on with this guy in the pantyhose and whatever. I'm just list checking it out. Now, if that were me, Ton, and I was concerned about my child, yeah, I would start wearing ripped pantyhose around the house. Just yourself. And just be like, oh, my, if my dad's doing it, it must not be that cool. <laughs> I think that would work. It's gotta. It could work. If you wear it to the mall. And then you hear a bunch of... Uh, Middle-aged moms in the food cart start freaking out. <laughs> oh my god, it's Blackie Lawless! <laughs> start chasing me. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. I'm running through, knocking down sweater displays, and J.C. Penny trying to get away. Whatever happened with Marilyn Manson? Uh, I think it was recently found out that he's like a sexual deviant who hey. was abusive to people, and now he's like on the run or something. Or possibly facing some sort of no means no charges. Yeah. Yuck. Which is not surprising. Yeah. It's not really. From a poor man's Blackie Lawless. Yeah. Ripped pantyhose. <laughs> kind of saw it coming. <laughs> kind of saw it coming. Crazy. Well, the one that really uh, freaked me off is when we went to Black Sabbath and that there was still... Like, this is within... How many years ago? Five years ago? Within five years ago or something? And we went and saw Black Sabbath, and there were still people outside picketing over Black Sabbath all these years later. And it was just like, are you joking? And Ozzy is uh, an old 70-year-old dude who mumbles and shuffles around. Yeah. Nothing real scary or satanic about that. No, and he has actual, like, regular crosses on his clothes and stuff, and he says, like, God God bless you, everyone, and I love you all. He says that like 20 times or so in the show. I don't get it. Yeah. It's like weird. Like you don't even just take the time to check it out, to look into it at all. You're just going to hate it for all of time. It's well, Ton, I hope the listeners out there who have given us a, a checkout don't find out that later they hate us. Which is possible. But I hope not. It's Halloween. It's Halloween. We got time for another song before we go. Let's do it. Then we'll hear the true punks doing Halloween electro. I can't wait. You know what, Ton? What? I just remembered, had a Vuja Day memory. Vuja Day? Of, uh, I think, Doesn't next Saturday. Sense. Ton. Yeah. Next Saturday. Next Saturday. Is like the 17 year anniversary of the True Punks doing Electro. No, dude. No. 
think about that. And they're still doing electro right now. I assume I'm usually in bed before then, but wow. Hey, let's play that song, shall we? Yes. Let's 
And we're back. Oh, yeah. From the dead. <laughs> oh, yes. I pretended to be a zombie and chased my daughter and the neighbor girls around just the other day. You're a fun, scary dad. Tripping over stuff. And now Ton is feeling zombified. Yep. It was awesome. Hey, Ton, we're back and the show's pretty much over, but it's pretty been, much been a nice Halloween episode. It really has. You know, you could go to thefivecount.com and find like uh, 30 other Halloween episodes. That's a lot. It's kind of a whole bunch, but you know, it's still, uh, well, it's tomorrow, but I mean, if you'd listen to them all like back to back to back to back, you might just have a continuous Halloween-y soundtrack. You know what? Did we ever talk about, didn't I do a special Halloween episode, but when I was on the mothership at one point? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did we ever put that anywhere? I wonder if I could find that. You could put it on Patreon. Uh, it's on Patreon. It's already on it? It's on there. It's nice. cleaned up, edited, fixed up, and nice. polished, and spooky as hell. Go on there. Check it out. At the time, man, did I think I was doing something. Putting all this music together and sound effects. I was layering movie sound effects over it. Over music and stuff. You wow. can get that and so much more on our Patreon page. Crazy. For just one dollar, you get access to like I want to say the first three years now of the five counter available, like through two thousand six. Man, great stuff! That is a good time. Lots of bonus stuff. The five count at the movies, which uh, assuming ton retroactively uh, got that all situated, there might have been one that dropped yesterday. Yes, it's going to be fine. Just in time for Halloween. You oh, can yeah. sit with Ton and watch scary movies. I Yes. You should definitely do that. It's 100% worth it. Also, um, on our YouTube page, lots of stuff there. I just uh, did an interview with Clark Collis, senior writer for Entertainment Weekly. Wow. Wrote a book called You've Got Red on You. It's about Shaun of the Dead. Interesting. You know what else is scary? The great stuff you can find at Lori Dawn Ceramics. Yes. Check that out. That's a lot of stuff there. Check it out. I guess we're done. Yeah, we are. It's been great sitting here with you, Dust and listeners. Happy Halloween. Hopefully we can do it again next year. Happy Halloween.